Loving Father in heaven, thank you this morning for another opportunity to communicate. We pray, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. We know that when we deal with a topic that is as intense, as detailed, and in some cases as dark as this topic, we, Lord, need your Holy Spirit. Give our minds the wisdom and understanding that what we communicate today will not only be clear, but your Holy Spirit will take it and package it in such a way that it will create in us an urgency for our families, our churches, our schools, our colleges, and that you will give us wisdom and understanding on how to take a different direction and prepare our hearts and minds for eternity. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'm going to begin with a scripture, and this scripture is taken from 1 John 4, verse 1. It's on the screen, so you can follow along with me. And we've been dealing with spirits, and Alistair Crowley, or some people say Crowley, doesn't really matter to me, whichever way you say it. But I'd like to begin with this scripture today because we're talking about spirits that are gone out into the world, and the series is called Unclean Spirits. And as I said on Monday, and I think I reiterated this on Tuesday, we are living at a time where we have spoken about the beast, you know, Catholicism, 666. We've talked about apostate Protestantism. But very few times, and this is amazing to me, very few times do we talk about spiritualism. And spiritualism is a significant component. Three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, out of the mouth of the false prophets, for they are the spirits of demons or devils going forth to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. So in our congressional halls, in our political halls, in the entertainment industry, the music industry, uh, television programs, behind all of this are demons, evil spirits, working in the minds of those that are fashioning and molding and putting together the things that are affecting our churches and affecting our young people. Notice the words of the Apostle John, and if you'd like, read that along with me. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Uh, on Monday and Tuesday, I introduced to you the prophet of the occult world, a man by the name of Aleister Crowley, Aleister Crowley, whichever one you prefer, and his Bible, Libra Alvelirgis, or the Book of the Law, has become the manual for the entertainment industry, for the music industry, television moguls, the wealthy 1%, those that control what happens in politics and religion, those that control what happens on television and media. And there is a world under this world that many of us are completely unaware of. We only become aware of it when we see the impact on our children, when we wonder why they're going the way they are. And then we discover that, yes, there's a spirit in control of them of which we have no idea how they got that way. And as I mentioned, that's why it's so imperative, and I say that again, it is so imperative that as parents and leaders and guardians of children, whether grandparents or aunts or uncles or school teachers or professors or whatever position you're in, if you have the responsibility to guide children, know what they're watching. Know what they're listening to. We are no longer living in the Popeye and... and uh, what are some of the crazy cartoons we had? Roadrunner, Flintstones. Yeah, but that, we're not living in that times anymore. We're living where cartoons are downright evil. Disney, Nickelodeon, taken over by the occult world because Satan knows if he can mold the minds of our children before we mold the minds 
of our children. He's got their minds. And he wants to train up a child in the way that he or she would go. And surely enough, he's creating an entire generation. You know, they are more atheists today than at any other time. Atheism is growing because people just don't want to know about God. Agnosticism is growing because people don't have any understanding about God. And an agnostic is simply a person that has not made a decision one way or the other. But today we're going to talk about the walk of fame. The walk of fame. And as I introduced you to yesterday, as I introduced to you yesterday, I talked about the obelisks that are a part of the tapestry of art that was created by Aleister Crowley. And I talked about the Alpha and the Omega. We talked about 666, some of the hand signals. But I want to go further today because, as I mentioned to you, whatever we don't cover the day before, we cover the next day. So I'd like to continue. If you went out here yesterday, we have about, and amazing to me, we brought about 60 of these DVDs with us, and that's of each. We only have eight left of part one and four left of part two. And after the, after the program today, you'll be able to get them in the back of the auditorium. But in this obelisk of art, I talked about the word abrahadabra. What word did I say? Abrahadabra. Or many of us know it as abracadabra. You may be old enough to remember the song that was put out by a, a soft rock group years ago, abracadabra. It'll reach out and grab you. Took some of you back, didn't I? Well, they're not saying those words arbitrarily because abrahadabra in the occult world is a word they refer to of double power. They use that word to conjure spirits, abrahadabra. In the, in the letters that are included in that, you find the letter A, B, D, H, and R. And in each of those, there's an occult significance. The crown, the wand. Notice I highlighted the wand. What word did I highlight? The wand, follow carefully, cup, sword, rosy cross. They add significance to each of the letters. So even in the word itself is a hidden message. Crown, wand, cup, sword, rosy cross. When you look at the word abrahadabra, it is also used in the Harry Potter series. It, it shows up a number of times. And they modify it and they use it in different terminologies. But what I want to point out, let's look at this very carefully. Uh, in the movie, The Order of the Phoenix, you have the word avidar cadavra. Avidar cadavra. It's a word that they use whenever they are being pursued. And what is amazing to me is Satan cannot, cannot cast out Satan. Can I get an amen? The devil cannot get rid of the devil. And so to use satanic tools to protect yourself from satanic entities is ridiculous. But the reason why they do that, notice carefully, the reason why they do that is because they want young people to think that by getting involved in the occult world, that somehow they have a power and a, an ability to protect themselves better than the average individual. Before I go on further on this slide, my wife and I once, when we had our nieces living with us, we went to a store that many young girls know. It was called 21. You know, young girls, they shop that store. And we noticed at the, at the checkout counter, because you know at the, when you check out if there's something you forgot, it's right at the counter. Well, they had a seven-part series of books for girls to buy on how to cast spells. And I had to, I was just blown away by that. I mean, you would figure it would be stockings or maybe some kind of, uh, some kind of paraphernalia that a girl might need but surely, if you're looking for a blouse or shirt or pants or jacket or whatever the case may be, you don't get to the counter and say, you know, I forgot my book on spells. But there they are, seven books, and, and we opened and began to thumb through. Uh, here's a spell to use against people that you don't like. Here's a spell to use if you want someone else's boyfriend. And it went on and on and on and on. And I was surprised. They beautifully design it. They make it look so palatable and so female, you know, pink and 
all those soft colors. And what amazed me more than anything else is it's selling. So the devil makes you think that by participating in this dark world, somehow you have access to power that the normal person doesn't. Well, there is a power. There is a demonic world, but the power is something that we cannot control, but it does control us. In the Order of the Phoenix, whenever Harry Potter and his cohorts were being pursued by villains, so to speak, they would say the word Avidar Kedavra. It was a killing curse. Causes instant painless death to whomever the curse hits. There is no counter curse or method of blocking this spell. So you might wonder now, how is it that Joanne Rowling, known as J.K. Rowling, her pen name, how is it that she was able to sell 500 million Harry Potter books? Because it appealed to the carnal sense of unregenerated hearts of children. 7, 8, 9, 10. That was the general range of the children reading those books. So watch this now. You have these millions, 500 million books, not counting the video games, not counting the DVD series, not counting the other paraphernalia. All those children, they are the generation that's being molded. So our society is becoming more and more demonically focused, more and more spiritualistically geared, not spiritually geared, but spiritualistically geared, that's why we have to be very careful what's in our homes. So you find Avadar Kedavra, and they used a wand to cast this curse on whatever entity was pursuing them. And so I follow that carefully, and this is a picture of the wand. There's a young man holding the wand in his hand, and what amazed me is when Harry Potter came out, so many, so many little boys wanted to look like Harry Potter. So they bought those little round glasses or whatever it was, and they walked around, and you could go to the toy stores and buy the wand. And the wand was made of wood from a holly tree. Wood from a holly tree. Wood from a holly tree. Hollywood. Good morning. Wood from a holly tree. Hollywood. The kingdom of Satan. Hollywood. Some say the wood is for good purposes. Others say it's for evil purposes. Some say you use it to cast spells on other people. Others say that you use it to protect yourself from spells being cast on you. Either way, Satan cannot cast out Satan. What does the Bible say about being involved in this kind of life? Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 10 to 12. There shall not be found among you, and I cut the text short, I'll fix that tomorrow. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, or one who practices together witchcraft, or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, the sorcerer's stone, the sorcerer's stone. It is amazing to me how Satan could take something so demonic and he, re he repackages it. He doesn't, he doesn't try to get rid of it. He simply repackages it. Years ago, uh, and sometimes churches do this, uh, we had, what's that, what's that thing we do, honey, when, whenever we do gifts during the holiday season? White elephant gifts? White elephant gifts. You ever did that before? White elephant gifts? You know, where you don't buy something, but you just wrap something you have around your house. You ever did that before? We did that at our church sometimes. It's a fun thing. The funny thing about it is, you could wrap... People think that the wrapping is equal to the content. Have you noticed that? So what some people have done is they wrapped beautiful wrapping and people get enamored by the box when on the inside is just a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> that ever happened to you before? 
And then sometimes the wrapping is horrible. And it's the last gift anybody wants. And it's the one that they keep trading for. They keep giving it away because they don't like the packaging. But on the inside is the best gift. Don't get fooled by the wrapping. That's the point. Satan knows how to wrap what is evil in an exterior that appears to be good. There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end is the way of death. You see, the life of worship is under attack. Their life of worship is an attack on our life of worship. Joshua, as the children of Israel were about to cross over into the promised land, he made a very interesting observation, and here are the words, and very significant. He says, and if it seems what? Evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. And notice the comparison. Notice the, notice the choices. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. Notice there are gods, false gods, some of us come from homes where these things were normal. I met some people that said, I was a warlock. I was a wizard. I've met people through the years that have said, I was a witch. Another young lady once I met, she said, I was being groomed as a child to be the bride of Satan. And, and the good news now is they are converted, spirit, Holy Spirit-filled Seventh-day Adventists. I said Holy Spirit-filled. That's the important thing, not Spirit-filled, because it would be any spirit. But Holy Spirit-filled, God can deliver anybody from anything. But, but, but Joshua said, we've got to choose between the gods we once, once knew, and get this, or the gods in whose land we dwell, America, this world. There are gods many and lords many. We've got to choose between the gods we serve that were on the other side, our prior life, our prior connections, our prior entertainment, the things that prior, the things that held us at one time, or the God in whose land we dwell, and we are surrounded by many gods. But I like his declaration. Let's read that together. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You can't serve the Lord unintentionally, though. You can't serve the Lord arbitrarily. You cannot serve the Lord by default. You have to serve the Lord in spirit and in truth. It has to be intentional. That's why Paul says, press toward the mark. The mark. You got to see the mark and you got to aim at it. You know, there are various kinds of sin. One sin is they see the mark and they don't even aim at it. That's iniquity. They see the mark, but they don't even aim at it. Unintentional sin is they see the mark they aim at it, but because of sin, they fall short of the mark. That's where God's grace come in, comes in. And then there are those that are aware of the mark. They're pressing toward the mark. And by God's continued growth and grace in them, they are hitting the mark. But you've got to be intentional about it. You've got to decide whom you're going to serve. We're going to talk about the attack on the God of worship. And what I'm going to do today is we're going to experience the power of music. Now, I have my, I know my guys in the back already. Let me just go ahead and, I had a soundtrack playing in the back. Let me just go ahead and turn it off. Yes, I have just done that. You can all breathe again. We are going to experience the power of music. What you're going to see are three videos. And the only difference between each of the videos is the music. And what you're going to experience, every one of you is going to experience, I am going to intentionally manipulate every one of you. Instantly. Your feelings are going to change at the drop of a hat. The moment you hear the music, your feelings are going to change. There's no rock, there's no hip-hop, there's no head-banging music. There's going to be subtle music. And watch. And the reason I'm going to give this demonstration is because this is what happens to you. You see, television wouldn't be of any impact unless you had sound. Unless you had what? Sound. The most horrible show would do nothing to you without the sound. The devil studies us. And he chooses the sound to get the impact. So let's look at these three videos. And I'm going to talk over them just to kind of be a little narrator. 
first one. After camp meeting, that's what you want to do. Just walk by the beach. Just enjoy a nice, calm day at the beach. Maybe Lake Michigan or Lake Erie or whatever. You want to just feel real comfortable. Feel relaxed. After you put away all your camping gear, you want to just walk by the ocean. <sighs> oh, that just felt so good right now. Didn't that feel good? Kind of felt really relaxed, like, okay, honey, I don't really need any more veggie meat. Just leave me by the ocean. Now notice the difference. Same ocean. Faster. Mom? Something's going on. This is the music they use when your cell phone stops working. You have one bar left. And after that music, that's the place you don't want to be. Am I right? Well, let's go one more step. Bring it up for me, my friend. Bring it up for me, please. There we go. Don't be afraid of sound. Can't find your car keys. Your family has all of a sudden disappeared. Nobody knows how to get away from this beach. The beach all of a sudden is the... The, the scariest place, jaws, every thought in your mind that's coming after you. Is this the day my life is going to end? That's how you feel when you hear that kind of music, right? <laughs> Notice how easily your feelings change. How quickly did your feelings change? Come on, let's say like, like that. What many of us don't know is that movie producers today, they are literally doing uh, case studies. In some cases, because you know nowadays we don't have any one version of a scary movie. You ever heard of uh, Jason? What's that movie? Friday the 13th? Some of you know about that. <laughs> I understand you're converted now, but you used to be there. One, and then Jason two, then Jason three, then Jason four, then Jason five. Now, if, if, if it was the same Jason over and over, you, you'll be saying like, oh, okay already, enough of this. But what they do is they get case studies. They literally connect leads to the hearts and the minds of people, and they invite them in to watch this. And what they are seeking to do is get the most emotional response. So they know that this next version is a lot stronger and more scary and more intense than the prior one. And what they're doing is they're getting your body to flood you with dopamine and your adrenaline rushes. And what happens is during the movie, especially when you, and not only that, not only scary movies, but you get to those dramas where from the word go, the, the action movies from the word go, like uh, 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 Die Hard, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Die Hard with an Angry Cop, Die Hard with an Angry Cop with Vengeance. An angry cop with vengeance and an angry wife. I mean, they keep acting. And what happens? The word, the, the time the movie starts is... And you're like... And when the movie ends, you're like, fall into the couch. Because your body has been drained of every emotional fluid that can be mustered up to keep you going. And they know that. What happens when you come to church... The pastor says, let's sing, blessed be the tie that binds. And your body says, I don't feel anything. This is not what I want. I need me some, hey, I need me some kicking music. And what happens, we go from worshiping to worship experience. Have you heard the word? We don't want to worship, we want to worship experience. 
We want a roller coaster on Sabbath morning. We want the pastor, we want the praise team to kick it, kick it, punch it, kick it. Hey! We want those 7-Eleven songs, seven words repeated 11 times. And the hymnal, oh, that's losing relevance because of what we are inoculated by during the week. So what happens is that I did this series in the Virgin Islands in St. Thomas during a hurricane week. So we couldn't do it on Saturday night, so they had to move it to Wednesday. In the Virgin Islands in St. Thomas, on Wednesday night, even during this hurricane week, the place was still to capacity. And 30 to 40% of the audience was made up of people that are not Adventists and even not Adventist pastors. And after that night, we literally had a call where pastors and other denominations determined to change their style of music because they realized it was no longer about God's Word, but it was about how I felt. It's about how I felt when I came to church. Not how I was fed, but how I felt. So you have these worship feelings. Oh, na, na, na. Well, you might as well go to, what was that big old fe uh, music fest years ago up in Chicago? Woodstock. And some of our church services are nothing more than another Woodstock. And we're changing our names. We no longer want to be identified as Seventh-day Adventists. We want to be the community church. What we don't realize is the word, the phrase Seventh-day Adventist is not just the title, it's a message. Can I get an Amen. So we're losing our identity, and we don't know, according to Scripture, that every time a king of Israel was in apostasy, he disguised himself. So when your worship style, when you are no longer identified by your worship style, you are on the path to apostasy. I'm going to be frank. I mean, I'm Pastor John, but I'm going to be frank. When... Your doctrines are being de-emphasized. And what you want in place of that is a good feeling. You are in apostasy. And it's not necessarily where you presently are, but where it's leading you. In the end is the way of death. Doesn't seem like it in the journey. The devil never tells any of these rock artists that you're going to burn in hell. He never tells any of them you're going to burn in hell when Jesus returns. It never says that. But he gives them fame and fortune and visibility and all these materialistic things. Let's look at some of the other things that he does. Occult communication. Some of the hand signals that we use. The two-horn salute. Here you have Anton LaVey and his daughter, the Church of Satan. The two-horn salute represents the two-horned god of occultism, the god Pan. Let's look at some of the demonstrations of this. Now, the horns of Baphomet. Here's a goat pendant. And a lot of times when people do that, you know, in Hawaii, let me just get it, in Hawaii it's like hang loose. Don't get that mixed up with this, okay? They're hang loose, you know. In the Virgin Islands they go like VI. That's the Virgin Islands, VI. But don't get that mixed up with this. And so a lot of times, not knowing what this means, not knowing why these Hollywood artists and why these music artists flash like this or go like this, we have no idea, but they're communicating their occult language. Let's look at this very carefully. This is not an idol. That's a goat pendant. It's a representation of harmony between two polarities. That's light and darkness, good and evil. Baphomet points to the full and dark moon. The hand gestures express the perfect harmony between two opposite polarities. The dark moon represents our actions and our will to action toward our goals. The full moon represents the fulfillment of those goals. Now, let me just go ahead and illustrate that. I had another slide there I need to include tomorrow to remind you because it shows you actually the dark moon and the full moon. What happens is in the occult world, and I'll show you some examples in a moment here, the pinky represents our action towards our will. 
The index finger represents the fulfillment of the goals that were accompanying our will. In other words, I'm starting out, but I've completed. Boom, I got it. I'm there. Beginning and ending. That's why one is smaller than the other. The, the, the action toward my will, the fulfillment of my will. So when they go like that, they're showing you, hey, we got it. They're communicating the 666. They're communicating, communicating these hand signals. And you have all the mega fam famous artists doing that. Here's some examples. Look at the pictures here. You have, well, they call a queen bee, but Beyonce. You have her highlighting the 666 over her left eye. And then in the picture to her left, you have her, if you look carefully, you see the goat head on that amulet, on that, on that uh, kind of a uh, costume that she's wearing. Do you see that? Right in the center of that. But you also have the, the arms that are going above. You have those representations of the extension of the horn that is a part of the picture on the costume that she's wearing. These are the pictures of Beyonce as she refers to her alter ego called Sasha Fierce. She says, there are two sides of me. And when you get into that world, they have this idea that when I get in touch with my alter ego, I'm able to accomplish what I'm not able to accomplish as a normal individual. I think I showed the video yesterday. Was it yesterday? Where she talked about her alter ego that can sing higher, can do more. She says, I'm not necessarily shy, but I'm more reserved. But in my concerts, when I conjure up Sasha Fierce, she's able to do things I'm not able to do. And she says, I reserve for a jest for the stage. So when people meet me, they think they're meeting Sasha Fierce, but I leave for a jest for the concert. They're telling you they have an alter ego. They have a split personality. And these very dual personalities, people often diagnose those as... Um, What's the, what's the disease? Schizophrenia. When in fact it's just evil spirits that are living, in, living inside of them. Because that's in fact true when it comes to Christians. Don't we pray for the Spirit of God to live inside of us? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. Compare that now to the occult world. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the evil spirit, which you have from Satan, and you are not your own. Now, let me give you a text. Wake up your neighbor. Wake up. Watch this. I want you to get it, because you're going to be awake as soon as this is done. Romans 6.16, are you ready? And I want to show you by that text that you are never in control. What did I just say? You're never in control. Listen to Romans 6.16. Matter of fact, let me just bring it up for you. I'm going to open the sword. Very carefully. I got it. The Lord just impressed me to share this with you. Romans 6.16. The most, to me, one of the most powerful verses in the Bible. They're all powerful, but this one gives you the exact picture. Here it is. Romans 6.16. Do you not know to whom you present yourselves? Do you not know? It's not unusual. Do you not know to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey? You are that one slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness. You are one slave or the other. Let me, make it a, let me make the point again. You are never in control. I want to be a slave of obedience. Come on, somebody. I want to be a slave of obedience leading to righteousness, not of sin leading to death. There are only two forms of slavery. So the word slave is not bad. It just means who is leading. When the Lord Jesus is leading, you are not on a road to death, but to righteousness and perfection of character. But when Satan's leading, it is sin leading to death. 
in the end thereof is the way of death. And what happens is it seems innocuous. The devil doesn't make you think it's anything big to worry about. A couple of other, couple of other examples. Here it is, Beyonce again. And you have the pentagram and the hexagram combined together in the picture to the right. Once again, a disciple, a disciple of Aleister Crowley, flashing the 666. Let's go further and find out what Aleister Crowley is communicating. He has an entire system of communication. Now, I hope you're ready because I told you today we're going to fry the egg. The OTO, that's the Ordo Templi Orientis, or the Order of the Temple of the East, a system that Aleister Crowley took to the next level by including principles of masonry and Egyptology and spiritualism. Watch this. The OTO is in possession of one supreme secret. The whole of its system is directed towards communicating to its members by progressively plain hints, this all-important instruction. Now, what are the ways of their communication? You'll see, this is jump out at you right away. Here it is. The five ways that the OTO communicates. One, let them learn to say it. Write backward. Let them learn to do what else? Walk backward. Let them what? Listen to recordings backward. That's where the messages are hidden. Let them practice speaking what? Backward. Let them learn to do what? Read backwards. And there's the reference right at the bottom of the page. When you think of walking backwards, who do you think of? When Michael Jackson came out on the American Music Award, the day he was, the day he got elevated to that grand level of megastar was the day that he first introduced his moonwalk. Now, he's not the first one. There are older artists that did that, but that's the day that he introduced the moonwalk and everybody went nuts. Now, they didn't go nuts because of his dance moves. They went nuts because of the fact that they knew he's in now. Nobody reacts like that. If I did that, nobody's going crazy. If you are, sorry about that. But this moonwalking and the Baphomet hand sign, he highlighted in tension. Look at the picture. He put white pieces of tape around the pinky and the index finger so you don't miss it. Because, I mean, if I'm way back, you're way back, you really can't see that. But if I put white tape around my fingers, the index and the pinky, you'll be able to see it. He's communicating, don't miss this. Communicating very clearly. And these symbols, the goat sign is continually used by artists in the industry. Here's one that I don't think you'll ever miss. Lady Gaga has on a goat horns hat. I don't think, even if you were blind, you'd see that. That's a huge representation. Well, let's keep going. Here is Rihanna on the left, wearing the Grim Reaper's outfit. What she did was she painted her index finger and a pinky with red fingernail and put some false nails on there so that you won't miss it. And she wore that black outfit. Then you have Nicki Minaj on the right. And you know, young people know who that is. The young people know. I'm mentioning names that are just striking chords in their hearts. Then you have Chris Angel, this very demonic angel. He has the triangle. We'll talk about that in a moment. And then you have Jada Pinkett. Uh, the wife of Will Smith. Then you have Courtney Love and her daughter, and you have Kiefer Sutherland. These are in the movie industry, not just the music, but the movie industry. It's not some coincidental way of communicating, but an intentional way of communicating. What, what are they saying? We have discovered our will, and we have accomplished our will. We have arrived. We are a part of the family. I'm moving quickly today. Then here you have Snoop Dogg and you have Michael Blueblade. Different styles of music, same industry. You have Usher. It's funny today, uh, the pastor that came out on the stage, he had a sign on his shirt that says, Usher. And he said, there are a lot of ushers around here. Well, this is another usher, but he's not a spiritual one. He was the mentor. He was the mentor of another young man that is now fully in the industry. Then you have Adam Lambert. You'll also notice he has on his shirt, Queen, 
because Adam Lambert came out of the closet, admittedly a homosexual. But very much, when he was on American Idol, right after that he got fame and fortune and mega stardom, once again communicating. Then you have Kid Rock, and then you have Dwayne Johnson, who calls himself The Rock. The, there's only one rock. His name is Jesus. Can I get an amen? So I don't even put The Rock, because he's not The Rock. Christ is The Rock. But Dwayne Johnson, now you know he's in almost every movie you can think about. Mega stardom. But you don't, get, you don't get to that level unless you have a contract. You don't get to go up unless somebody takes you up. Another young man, another rapper named Fabulous. And then Joey Fantone. You notice in this picture, he includes a number of things. He has the hand signal clearly on the TV guide. Then he has a dripping eye, the left eye. We'll talk about that in a moment. Then you have Beyonce at one of the awards. When they took the camera shot of her, she decided, well, you know, let me let the people know, hey, I'm in. Instead of saying hello, hi, mom, hi, dad, boom, I'm in. Six, six, six. Then you have Eminem. How many people take pictures like that? He puts the goat horns where they need to be, right on the top of his head. And, yes, for those of you that love her, Katy Perry. Katy Perry. She's also a part of that. Let me go. Katy Perry. Now, hold on to your seats. The occult world also entices with God-like power. I told you about this book, The 48 Laws of Power. Now, we have ten commandments. How many commandments do we have? Ten. That's called the law of God. When we live in harmony with the law of God, by the grace of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, will we experience blessings? Yes. In the occult world, they don't have ten laws. They have 48. And this book, The 48 Laws of Power, was compiled in a study done over a 3,000-year span of history, and what was done is the person that compiled, as well as the co-author, they researched dynasties and kings and princes and governors and dictators and tyrants, and what they did was they extracted from that time and that era the very, the very tactics and principles they used to gain complete dominance of their country or of their nation. People like Hitler and Mussolini, and the, and the Ming dynasty, and they looked through all the pages of history over 3,000 years, and what they did is they said, okay, here's what he did to become extremely powerful, and if we follow his law, it'll work for us. So they gave 48 laws, and depending on what you want to accomplish, you follow that law. It's used in the mega million Mega billionaire industry. You know, millionaires, to be a millionaire is nothing anymore. It's like saying I'm a thousandaire. But when you hit billionaire status and you're in circles that only the mega wealthy get into, those that worship in the grove in California, the grove of the owl, many politicians worship at the grove of the owl, those that are part of the circles that where the Rothschild families are part of, these individuals that make the decisions in politics and religion and economies. When you're at that level, you're living by these laws. Here's one of the laws that are used often by artists. Have you ever noticed that certain artists are always looking different? Have you noticed that? They change their look. One day they look, they have blue hair today, and next day they have no hair. Or the next week they have a symbol on their shirt. And the following week they have a different kind of pair of glasses. Or they'll walk with a cane. And the next week they'll walk with some uh, horns on their shoulder. They continually do that because it appeals to this deep in internal interest. We become enamored by them, and then we get to the place where we say, I wonder what they're going to be wearing next. And it creates this fascination. That's why people continually try to look like the person that they emulate or they admire the most. What law do they use? Law number 25, look at this. Recreate yourself. Do not accept the roles that society foists on you. Recreate yourself by forging a new identity. What was Michael Jackson's unusual identity? What was it? He had a glove. He had a glove. That, you know, everybody said, everybody, and you know what? Everybody that wanted to be Michael Jackson had a glove. 
They, was, they want to be so unique, they became just like everybody else. Recreate, recreate yourself by forging a new identity, one that commands attention and never bore the audience. Be a master of your own image rather than letting others define you. Incorporate dramatic devices into your public gestures and actions. Your power will be enhanced and your character will seem larger than life. Case in point, Lady Gaga in three different... Lord, look at the difference. To the far right is her image when she sings soft jazz. Some of the standards. I left my heart. When she sings that kind of music, that's her image to the right. In the middle is when she sings that weird demonic stuff. And to the far left is when she sings music that makes you look like she looks in that picture. Insane. Notice the, notice the stark difference. But I came here to tell you the truth. Two of the most famous individuals in the world co-authored a book called The 48 Laws of Power and Their Impact on My Life. Two people we know very well, Donald Trump and Bill Gates. After reading The 48 Laws of Power, they themselves co-wrote a book, The 48 Laws of Power and How They Impacted My Life. Follow carefully. What law impacted them most significantly According to their own words, law number three, conceal your intentions. Law number three. Law number 27. This is in the book. I'm telling you like it is today. Play on people's need to believe to create a cult-like following. Law number 27. Let's go on to the specifics of law number 27. Principle number one in law number 27, keep your message vague, keep it simple. Your initial speeches, conversations, and interviews must include two elements. On the one hand, promise something great and transformative. On the other, a total vagueness. Law number 27. Talk too vaguely and you have no credibility, but it is more dangerous to be specific. That's law number 27. Second principle in law number 27, emphasize the visual and the sensual over the intellectual. Surround yourself with luxury. Dazzle your followers with visual splendor. Fill their eyes with the spectacle. Not only, will they, not only will this keep them from seeing the ridiculousness of your ideas, the holes in your belief system, it will also attract more attention and more followers. You might even tickle the mind, perhaps using new technology, gadgets to give your cult a pseudo-scientific veneer, as long as you do not make anyone really think. Fourth principle in law number 27, disguise your source of income. Your followers want to believe that if they follow you, all sorts of good things will fall into their lap. By surrounding yourself with luxury, you become living proof of the soundness of your belief system. Principle number five in law number 27, set up an us versus them dynamic. To strengthen this bond, manufacture the notion of a devious enemy out to ruin you. There is a force of non-believers that will do anything to stop you. Any outsider who tries to reveal the charlatan nature of your belief system can now be described as members of this devious force. If you have no enemies, invent one. Law number 28, enter actions with boldness. Why? The bolder the lie, the better. Con artists know that the bolder the lie, the more convincing it becomes. The sheer audacity of the story makes it more credible, distracting intention from its inconsistencies. This is what is used by power players like Kanye West. Here's a picture of one of the most famous uh, hip-hop artists. And so when you see that these artists, they use these ideologies to keep you off kilter. And what many of us don't know, let me make a point. Are you ready? Say I'm ready. Many of us don't know that when we focus on left-wing and right-wing, that if you are a bird, you need both wings to fly. There's something called the Hegelian dialect. 
but some of you might know about. Let me, let me give you an example. And this is what's happening in America. This has happened from George Washington to our present administration, the Hegelian dialect. This is how votes happen. If you get shot, if you lose your child in gun violence, I'll come to a mother and say, I'm so sorry you lost your child. I'll do everything I can to support, to support the fact that I'll limit guns and access. But I'm not saying I'm getting rid of my Second Amendment, but you now will vote for me. Then I go to the next meeting. I support the Second Amendment right. And by the way, I support the Second Amendment right. It's, it's one of our constitutional and Bill of Rights. But what happens is, you tell me you support my right to own a gun, and you tell her, I'll do everything I can to limit access to guns. And you know what happens? You both vote for me, even though you both disagree. The Hegelian dialect. We are manipulated in America thinking that somehow, whether Republican, Independent, or Democrat, that they, they have our best interests at heart. Read your Bibles. America will one day speak like a dragon. And the very institution that motivates and controls the music industry, the mega moguls, are behind the political landscape in our world. But we don't know. So what happens? We come to church on Sabbath morning more angry with the other side than unified in carrying the gospel forward. That's why my clarion call has been, there is no such thing as right and left. We have to focus our mind center and get back to our message, not the message of Washington, not the message of Europe, but the message of Jesus Christ. And proclaim a message that will get people ready for the coming of the Lord rather than divide us. But these guys are smart. They are out for power. Kanye West, the shortest music video ever produced, one minute and 38 seconds, and the entire focus of the video was power. But look at the video. Roman columns, very significant of the horn. He has on the head of Horus, that large amulet around his neck. And is it coincidental? And I had to modify this because it was very graphic. To the right and left, you have two females with the goat horns. Once again, a clear indication that this is satanically motivated. And what's happening? You think that children don't have money? You go to the mall. You look at the downloads. You realize my wife and I, my wife shared this with me this morning. Have you heard of the game Candy Crush? Now I won't ask how many of you have it on your phone. But do you know Candy Crush? What was the amount, honey, per month? Like $128 million? $128 million a month is made from people that are playing Candy Crush because they continue to download more money to break up candy. $128 million a month, the fastest growing game among adults and children. $128 million a month. What would happen if Christians would put that toward the proclamation of the everlasting gospel? Breaking candy. Ran out of time. Got to buy more time. Chiching. Chiching. They're not foolish. Power players find ways to manipulate our minds. Here is Khloe Kardashian on a very significant album cover. We'll talk about this a little more. Notice, her, notice the caption of the article, I now have the power. When she decided, and this is what it made, when you read the article further, she decided she was kind of sick and tired of Kim getting all the attention. So she decided, I need to do something ridiculous and crazy to get attention too. So she decided, let me go ahead and enjoy, let me go ahead and join. And you know what? The Kardashian family is known for nothing. A family famous for doing nothing but manipulating the minds of our young ladies. But notice what she has on her head. And I don't want you to miss this. She has a head harness. What she's indicating, notice her eye. The left eye is being seen. When you join this industry, what she's indicating is you immediately become a slave to the industry. That's what that head harness is all about. You are no longer in control. They'll give you the fame and fortune and, and the notoriety, but you are no longer in control. Don't miss that. So when you think that it's something that could be easily broken, try to do it among your young people. Try to take away their music. 
Try to change the way they listen to things and watch. And you'll see that there's going to be some kind of adverse spirit, a lot of resistance, because the spirit that is inside of them is far greater than just your human ability to break that addiction. That's why there are certain things in the Bible says can only come out by fasting and prayer. Robert Greene, The 48 Laws of Power, that book he wrote, now a new, uh, one of these rap artists said his name is 50 Cent. He wants to now add a 50th law of power. And he said the laws of power in the book that Robert Greene wrote, and this is amazing, you got to be from the inner city to understand this. He said, it's nothing, it's nothing more than a con game that inner city people play on each other every day. So he wants to bring the life of the streets, and he's writing now called the 50th law of power. 50 Cent and Robert Greene is now writing the book. Notice what he says. Understand, people will constantly attack you in life. This is what he says. On the one one of their main weapons will be to instill in you doubts about yourself, your worth, your abilities, your potential. They will often disguise this as their objective opinion, but invariably it has a political purpose. They want to keep you down. That's what, that's what 50 cents is saying. So he wants to now add a 50th law. Now we have a minute and 38 seconds. Tomorrow, and I don't know what time it is, it's 12.04. I should have... 10 more minutes. That's okay. I got to go by the clock. It's an imaginary object. What I want to show you tomorrow is another approach. And this may seem innocuous and hard to understand right now, but I'm just going to lay the foundation right now because tomorrow I'm going to have to move at hyperspeed. Because I'm going to give you, not only am I showing you every day what we are involved in, but tomorrow I am going to show you what to do about it. So, okay, this all exists. So what do we do about it? What do we do about it? And then I'll show you how and what the professionals are doing to deliver individuals and young people from this kind of cancerous industry and how it, in fact, is successful. Let me lay the foundation by just introducing to you these two books. Two other books, another, another work written by Alistair Crowley is called 777 and Other Quabalistic Writings of Alistair Crowley, or Alistair Crowley. This is being used in the industry, one that was very much a part of the library of Michael Jackson. Just quickly, just to whet your appetite, this is the anthology of Michael Jackson put together and you have here Michael Jackson, history, past, present, and future. And on his arm sleeve, you have the number 777. We'll begin there tomorrow. And then I'm also going to show you, tomorrow I'm going to ask for an extra 15 minutes, or 10. I'm also going to show you that there is a great attack on Jesus, who is the I Am. Now, watch this. This is your assignment. When you leave the campground, be mindful of the many ways you see the phrase I am being used. Not coincidental, but intentional. The entertainment industry wants to minimize who the I am is and wants to bring the I am down to the common platform of sinful human beings. It's another tactic of tearing down the blessed sanctity, tearing down the righteousness of Christ, by using the phrase, I am, in a very dark and common way. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. And we are going to end by giving you, and I, I hope I can get it all in today. See, tomorrow, don't say anything. Just sit there really quiet and suck it all in. And if you didn't get it all, they do have videos. But today, if you want to get the whole thing, you could be ahead of the curve. We have eight DVDs left in part one and four in part two. If you want to get the whole thing, if you missed any of it, the whole thing is available in the back, and you can get that as we leave. Let's have a word of prayer together. Loving Father in heaven, Lord, I know we've covered quite a bit over the last four days, yet we have scratched the surface. And I do pray, Lord, that you'll give me wisdom and guidance. Father, I know I've said a lot, and I pray that our minds have in some way absorbed it, and if we haven't, 
we pray that we can say, Lord, reveal to me what I need to do as a parent, as a leader, as a teacher, as an elder, pastor, as a person that is called by God to live and prepare for eternity. Help me, Lord, to do what I must do to govern my own household, to guide my children. May I do as Joshua said, choose this day whom I will serve. Father, we're living in the closing hours and moments of earth's history. And we know that Satan is becoming more and more diverse. He's converted after the modern order of things. But may we be so close to you that every attempt he makes to break down our relationship with you will fail because we have made the decision to draw near to you and you have drawn near to us. So now be with us, Lord, in the remainder of our encampment. Bless us to accomplish your perfect will. In Jesus' name I pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.